welcome to Think Tech Hawaii. <laughs> Rule of law and a new abnormal, whatever that is. May none of us be normal ever again. <laughs> and today we're going to take a look at whether there is still any role or value for truth in our legal and governance system with two wonderful panelists, Ben Davis, Professor Emeritus from the University of Toledo School of Law and now visiting professor at Washington and Lee School of Law and Tam Abuchella, entrepreneur and fellow think tech host. Welcome, Tim, Ben. Well, Good morning. what do you think? Is there still any role or value for truth in our system of law and governance? Hi, Tim, outside. Uh, so I will say that, uh, yes, there is a role for truth. There's also spin. But let's take E. Jean Carroll yesterday, all right? You had, what, nine peers of uh, Donald Trump and her who said basically what she said was true, more likely than not. And she got defamed, sexually abused, and they came up with a number which I thought was brilliant lawyering saying, I don't want a number. You know, I'm not going to give you a number. I'm just saying. And they came up with, how about $5 million, man? Would that make you feel better? Oh, I think so. I think I might feel a little better with $5 million, right? <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's truth in the sense of our legal system's truth. There can be appeals and all that stuff on the, if the law was wrong and all that. But that's truth. Now, the, that same night, I guess it was, or night after Donald Trump did his, his tap dance, right, uh, about all that. Uh, and he defamed her again. Personally, I think he ought to be able to, she might be thinking about bringing another one with race judicata behind her now. But um, I think that the point is, is that um, I watched one of the Republican panels and it, there were like eight people on it, three women, five guys, I think. And it was interesting that for two of the Republican or undeclared New Hampshire folk, that bothered him them the way he was acting about her after the, the decision. The only thing that bothered me is that the guy only asked the women. I mean, you didn't ask the other five guys, what did you think about him? Because, you know, people have kids, they have daughters, they have wives, all that stuff. And, um, that, but I think that, you know, that had an effect. So I think truth still plays a role, um, even though they're spinning all over the place. Hey. So maybe CNN was not that stupid in saying, hey, give the boy the microphone. He's bound to self-destruct. What do you think, Tim? Oh, absolutely. And, and he did. Uh, he actually said some things that may haunt him when it comes to uh, Jack Smith and his prosecution on the January 6th stuff. I mean, he said some very, very uh, odd things uh, in that interview. And I'm sure they were listening. Uh, speaking of truth and speaking of January 6th, I mean, we, we just had a, a, a third uh, prosecution and conviction on sedition and conspiracy to commit sedition. So let's talk about truth. I remember members of Congress saying uh, specifically, it was just a tourist outing. Well, the truth of that has been debunked. Uh, convictions for sedition and conspiracy of sedition uh, says otherwise. 
And that's beyond a reasonable doubt, too. There we go. Yeah, that's more than just a civil case. Yeah. (laughs) Beyond a reasonable doubt. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, so I understand sedition is very, very difficult to to, uh, prove and get a conviction on. Very difficult. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I mean, think there's a little truth telling there in, the, in that uh, those convictions and that was jury trial, uh, you know, a jury of their peers. And they're, they're going to go to jail. Good. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that uh, yeah, truth plays a role. I mean, let it let's not. De- Here's another one, which is, you know, sort of like uh, what was it? It was uh, is. Uh, is uh, Putin a war criminal? I can't talk about that. You remember that? I love that. I love it. I mean, it's like I remember that. I, you know, it's like we did. We forgot Helsinki. You know what I mean? <laughs> we forgot Helsinki, where he threw the whole intelligence community under the bus in favor of Putin. I said, "Come on, you know, people can think." Or I'll solve. What is it? I'll solve Ukraine in twenty-four hours. Yeah, we know what that means. You know, I mean, it's. Well, I agree with that, Ben. He also went down the road that once again. Putin is a, a genius, a genius in his uh, his invasion of, of Ukraine. I mean, he said it basically again in the interview. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, you know, there, there there's like reality, right? You know, like that there is reality. OK, maybe. And I think reality is related to truth very much. OK. And then you can have spin all over the place. Right. And you can get sucked up by the spin or not. And hard thing is figuring out what's reality and what's spin these days. Okay, I give that no matter what's going on. But but there's some things that seem really real, you know what I mean? In a way that you can't deny it, you know? Uh, And and the person who is uh, spinning just starts to look insane. I mean, here's another one. George Santos, right? charged with 13 counts <laughs> was it 13 counts yesterday and i yep. saw you know a little bit of the you know of the his little press thing afterward you know and i'm like you're insane man i mean i don't know what's exactly your problem but it's uh there's a there's a mental issue of complete fabulation you know and i think most lawyers would say when your client gets charged or something like that, what usually a client do? Shut up. <laughs> right? That's what they're supposed to do. They just shut up, you know, and, and talk to me only. You know what I mean? Look at these guys. I mean, they, 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 it, it's, a, it's fascinating to watch the, I don't know if it's chutzpah or idiocy, you know, or both, you know. You know, Ben, you know, I think it is, it's, it's follow the leader. And who started all this back in 2015, or even before with, you know, telling them um, uh, uh, that Barack Obama wasn't a citizen of the United States. I mean, it started right. way before 2016. Um, but, you know, it's follow the leader, and it's, and to a certain degree, it's, if I could say it enough times, if I can repeat and deny and, and, and just say it over and over again as if it is true propaganda, then somehow it works. And, and maybe for the third of the country, it does work. But for the other 66.66% of the nation's population, uh, it won't fly. It doesn't fly. Well, you know, that's a good point. I mean, you know, let's see. Who, who went to Trump University, right? <laughs> I wouldn't who want that Trump on my State? wall. <laughs> 
you know, who got those Trump stakes, right? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, they're, they're you know, he, 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 I understand, you know, the sale side of things. I understand, you know, spinning things and closing and all that stuff. I understand that. But, you know, the thing about this game is that it is a, at this level, people understand who you are really quickly and how to take advantage of you. And I think that Trump is showing himself to be what he is, which is basically a very weak person, a very weak person, a very easily manipulated person. And I think that the world has calculated that already in terms of how they play with the United States. And, uh, and, and it's unfortunate that people think this bravado amounts to something that is you know, strong man and all that. It's not, it, it's, it's the opposite. It's that's what's so weird, at least to me. I mean, Tim, you've probably seen lots of people in your life going along, you know, being the bluffing and all that stuff. And, and you find out that they're absolutely, you know, kind of quaking in their boots underneath it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they put on the best show. Oh, yeah. Not knowing you would never know they're quaking in their boots and they put on a hell of a, a performance of confidence and an air of um, arrogance. Yeah. And it's amazing when the, you know, when the, when the cards fall down, uh, it's amazing how fast that happens and how they're relegated to um, what they are, quivering in their boots. So, yeah, I've seen it in my life, and um, I always find it amazing when justice actually catches up, finally. And I think Donald Trump may be one of those people we're talking about, where yeah. uh, he displays great confidence, great, great arrogance and hubris. But you're right, Ben. He, I think deep inside, he's quivering and quaking in his boots. And um, there's nothing like the good old-fashioned uh, long arm of justice to uh, put that in its – and checkmate that. Yeah, I was thinking of the, 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 the person, the two people who headed up Theranos, was it? And, uh, you know, the product that didn't work, right? That, there's truth, man. I mean, the product does not do. And all these things happen to people who trusted the product when they went to, was it, Walgreens or something like that to use it and got these results and all that stuff. That's truth in terms of what happened to those people. Now, what did the system protect? Of course, right? The investors, right? as opposed to reaching that kind of part of it. But still, the, the fact is, is that what she's facing 11 years in jail, and look at her dance right now, trying to get out of going to jail. You know, I mean, it's like, the, you know, the judge is like saying, hey, the door, you know, the, the, the hammer's coming down, ma'am. <laughs> the hammer is coming down. You know? But, you know, and I'm sorry, Chuck, you probably want to ask some questions, but I find uh, my discussion with Ben fascinating here. You know, what does it say about the human condition? What does it say about the inability for asking critical questions? How do snake oil salesmen get to <laughs> sell their snake oil? Because we are just too afraid to ask questions that may embarrass, um, you know, put us in a, in a role of embarrassment because we're asking a critical hard question. And I think that's the problem with a good portion of our society is the inability to ask questions not to insult, but to inquire, to getting more information. So before I part myself with my hard-earned money, um, I like to know what it is I'm buying and how do I do that? I have to ask questions. Yeah. 
Well, that's true. It's like, you know, you don't want to be, what is it, the, the, the go along, the get along, where you don't want to be looking like the, you know, the, the fly in the ointment or, you know, uh, everybody else. You don't realize that everybody else is in on the thing with the guy, right? To make you yeah. think, this is really the deal, right? Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle did a great routine on this once. I don't know if you heard it about, he was watching some guy play free card Monty. Oh, I saw that one, yes. You know? You know, and it's like, you know, the guy comes up to him and says, hey, don't get be young man. Don't get between a man and his money. And then now, now, you know, the, the real of, of, of the of, of the game, you know, that you're worried. People are worried about somebody coming up to him and saying, hey, don't get between a man and money if you ask, ask too many questions. Right. So. I don't know. You know that's a great that's a great uh, reference to bring up because it is the love of money is the root of all evil. And. And the bane of all our societal problems is our quest and love for money. And what's with money comes great power, right? Right, right. Well, you know, there is an insult in France, which I, where I used to live, which is like, the only thing he's got going for him is he's got money. That's an insult. Okay, isn't that what beautiful? I mean, I just, it's, uh, it's just, just disdain for, you know, the, the, the amassing, you know. Well... Again, Chuck, I apologize because you haven't been able to ask a question yet. But let me just one last time. Let me just jump on this, and that is: doesn't that doesn't that tie into our system of justice or injustice? Money. I mean, how many plea bargains are accepted because someone didn't have a five thousand, ten thousand dollar retainer uh, sure. for a competent for a competent attorney? And um, justice and injustice. You know, we say it goes down racial lines. It does. But more importantly, it goes down economic lines. And Absolutely. I think that's what really bothers me the most. And I love the show's name is uh, Justice and the Rule of Law. Um, we, for, for hundreds of years, it is a system of injustice because we have economic disparity. But, you know, I mean... We can even like we can talk about the, the criminal side, but also like in the civil side. Like for example, eviction. Okay, I, I was reading something recently where it's saying that essentially like something like ninety percent of the tenants were unrepresented. Right? You know, I mean, it was like I don't know if it was in Florida, or New York, or something like that. And you know, it's like I don't know, it's like a fish going into the uh, shark shark tank. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no way. No way you're going to be able to, you know, say this is not right. You know, and the judge is like, you're gone. You know, I mean, you, you know, Chuck could probably speak a little bit to that because here in Hawaii, uh, Chuck has been very much involved with um, mediation between the landlord and the tenant. Go ahead, Chuck. You're on. You're yeah. on on your own show. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I can defer to Ben because Ben is a past chair of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. Oh, wow. And well, why didn't, well, why didn't someone tell me that? <laughs> that's, you didn't ask. There you go. No, it's true. I didn't. But the question then is, is there a correlation between increased truth and increased justice, decreased truth and decreased justice in our legal system and in our society? Well, I think I think one one area where I am coming to wonder is with regard 
to the number of revelations about Supreme Court justices, not just the Clarence Thomas one, but there's Clarence Thomas, then there's like a thing with uh, Anthony Scalia Law School uh, with Gorsuch, and then there was the Gorsuch selling the house thing. Then there was, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Kavanaugh, or maybe it's Gorsuch having uh, contracts for with a publisher, including Soda Sotomayor, and cases coming up with them, and them still not recusing themselves. You know, it, it's just like, and then of course there's there's Chief Justice Roberts' wife who's earned ten million dollars as a headhunter for the big law firm, right? You know, I gotta tell you, I'm not. You know, that looks that really, really is the non-disclosure part of that is really, really disturbing. Uh, as a, I used to be working at an arbitral institution, we asked for declarations of independence from the arbitrators. You know. All that stuff would have been like devastating, you know, just devastating for them to ever be confirmed, let alone the other side agreeing them to be there, you know. So, in terms of truth, that's kind of a truth coming out. And what it does, though, is that it does have an effect on our view of the decisions they made where an interest of somebody that they're close to was involved. I mean, that really got me sort of like, what the heck, you know, but maybe I'm just too, too naive. This has been going on for 100 years. I didn't know. You know what I mean? You know, Ben, I have a question. Um, do you think Justice uh, Roberts should have gone in front of Dick Durbin, Senator Dick Durbin, uh, who's the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee? Do you think he should have appeared and, and answered his questions about um, the ethics or the lack thereof? Uh, with with Clarence yes. Thomas? Yes, I think that if when, uh, you know, if you look at separation of powers, right, and I understand they're all equal, right? But it's kind of a thing for me is like comedy, you know, there's a crisis that's clearly present at the court. And it doesn't look good if the, you know, the leader, in this case, the Chief Justice, doesn't step up to sit up and talk, at the, I think. I believe there was occasion when something was going on with Reagan. And Reagan went up to the Hill and testified. And it had a huge effect to have the President of the United States go up to Congress and say, okay, what, what are your questions, you know? And uh, I, I understand that there's been a complaint that's been filed against Thomas, and he referred to the Judicial Conference. But personally, I don't think it's ducking the question because the Judicial Conference is like, you're going to have a committee decide. That's a protection, is that it's not just one person. It's a committee decide. Now, the problem is that the judicial conference, they're all judges, they're all ambitious, like we're human beings, like all of us, you know? And so you you gotta wonder, how, are they gonna be straight shooters or are they gonna be, you know, playing some game? But from what I hear, there are a lot of judges in the federal system that are absolutely ballistic about all this. I mean, they, you know, the, you know, like somebody was saying that she wouldn't let anybody buy a cup of coffee for her. Now, I just saw numbers on the order of $3.8 million being the value of what uh, Clarence Thomas got. Um, I know $10 million worth of uh, fees that uh, Chief Justice Roberts' wife got uh, working with all these law firms, many of them having cases in front of the court. You know, I mean, I just, it's, 
that I think is really quite damaging. Uh, and I don't no, they don't care. I mean, they're they're for life, and they know that they can't be impeached because you can't get the two thirds vote, right? So, so to speak, the way the system is, they don't go. You know, nothing happens, but it still stinks. You know. So, I mean, do these news stories kind of play into Donald Trump's uh, mantra that the system's rigged, everything's rigged, and only I can fix it? I mean, that's what I kind of get out of this whole thing is the more we hear these stories that the Supreme Court justices are either somewhat compromised or fully compromised, uh, it, it tends to play into Donald's hand because well, um, it does appear that the system is rigged. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that it, there's one part that it plays into is the system's rigged. I think that most people in America have understood that if you had a billion dollars, there's a lot of things you can do with a billion dollars that I, as Joe Schmo in Charlottesville, Virginia, can't do, you know? I mean, I can remember when I first moved to Texas, you know, I say, what's Texas like? Oh, I said, well, Texas is a pay-to-play state. You know what I mean? That was, you know, it's like, you know, you know, really straightforward, you know? You understand what the game is. You pay to play. Okay. Where I think the part that is different is with the idea that I can fix it. He can't fix it. He's right in there in the trunk with everybody else. I mean, he's got the $2 billion from the Saudis. He got the, you know, the, the Jared's got. I mean, he's looking for a piece of the action everywhere it is. So, you know, I, that's the part where I think that people are deluding themselves. They, I mean, just look at what, what they walked away with. With Mnuchin got only $750 billion or something. You know, Jared got $2 billion from the Saudis. You think that thing with Khashoggi? The way it was played out happened that way just for because of legal reasoning. You know what I mean? I mean, it was give me a piece of this for that. You know, and there we go. And two billion is a rounding error in a banking account for the Saudi. You know what I mean? So, so that's money that spills onto it. the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, what I look at is that, yeah, it does feed into our feeling the system is rigged, but he's not the guy to fix it. I definitely, he's the guy to try to jump on top of it and get some more out of it. That's the, the impression he gave me, at least for four years, you know. Even Zelensky, the whole Zelensky thing, you know, remember the first impeachment was like, you do this for me, I do this for you, you know what I mean? I mean, it was really, you know, it was right out of an old movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> Your impression of a, a guy out of New Jersey, a wise guy out of New Jersey is pretty good. <laughs> I, I grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. So forget there you about go. it. Well, there it goes. How did I know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, okay, you know. So, but yeah, but that's the way it felt. You know what I mean? I, um, but, but I'm I'm an optimist. Believe it or not, I am an optimist because I think that a lot of people in America, you know, there were these eighty percent numbers on most things that seem pretty reasonable. You know, on on the guns, on abortion rights, on a whole series of things. Uh, on voting rights, it's like eighty percent, you know. So it's like this battle that we have to keep 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 the faith and keep going and not be disillusioned into not voting or anything. I voted. I don't have. A, oh, I don't have the sticker on anymore. I voted yesterday in early voting here in Charlottesville for our local state election. So you know, voting, being active in your community, doing things to make things better, treating people decently—all those wonderful things that people do. Uh, those, those are the optimistic things. Well, so now we have a pretty clear correlation between 
disclosure, like you're talking about in truth, we have the disproportion where the lower you go in the food chain, the stricter the ethical standards and the stricter the enforcement, which is among many other reasons, one of the reasons that judges and arbitrators are ticked off. Why should you have a Supreme Court who has lifetime tenure with irreversible decisions unless and until the court composition changes with essentially impunity ethically? They can do. So that takes us back to maybe one of our original lessons. Maybe it's not the corruption, the immorality, the anti-humanity of those autocrats that get them in trouble. But the overconfidence and the arrogance to think they can keep doing it and get away with it. So maybe, Tim, your point is, give him the microphone, don't give him much airtime. Just let him be in his own element in front of his base. Take the transcripts and put them to good use. Mm -hmm. Because one of the important things to remember is elections are not criminal proceedings. We don't need a unanimous result beyond a reasonable doubt. All we need is that slight feather of a preponderance. Mm -hmm. Right. So. I see the wheels turning. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just like to say on a real macro level, um, then you 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 mentioned a phrase here that applies to all areas of our society, and that is when you say keep the faith, um, the faith, the faith of um, the U.S. dollar and what backs up the U.S. dollar. That's paying our debts. That issue's coming up. Uh, the faith yeah. of the justice system that um, we follow the rule of law because we have faith in the justice system. And so what we see now is. Thanks to Donald Trump and his minions and his lackeys, we see an erosion of credibility and that faith. And when you stop losing, you stop keeping the faith in the system, um, it's going to unwind very rapidly. And that is the macro thing that really keeps me awake at night. How many areas of our society, um, civility, um, following the rule of law, um, adherence to the law, um, is my money safe if I put it in a bank? So all these areas in the last 12 months, 24 months, 36 months have attacked our faith in these certain institutions. And that's what I find kind of frightening. I, I, I agree. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, as you were talking, the term, you know, accountability was kept coming up in my head. Is that, you know, that like the, the conviction for sedition of those four cowboys. Good. You know, that, you know. The machine keeps working, even though, you know, what did the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind finely or something like that, you know, that um, that that should happen the, 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 to 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 address some of the more egregious aspects of this. I think what is sad to watch, and I think this is related to what their donors want, is the inability of uh, political leaders to actually take it upon themselves to say, this is unacceptable. That, you know, I mean, the George Santos thing, he, you know, you mm -hmm. can't get, for the machinations, they say, well, I've only got a five majority thing and all that stuff. You know, it's like, you know, it's okay for you to just say, yeah, I got a five majority thing, but you do need to go, okay? I mean, okay, we'll go, we'll be with four, it'll be a little more difficult, but you need to go. And, uh, mm -hmm. or even, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I can think of 
maybe some other different setting, but where, like in Ohio, they just voted to have the uh, the res uh, what is it for a, uh, re a referendum? Um, you have to have a sixty percent majority now instead of it being fifty percent for one hundred fifty years, right? You know that there'd be somebody would say, "I'm going to veto that as the governor, even though I'm a Republican." It's just not right to change the rules just to play games. Mm -hmm. But you don't, oh. you know, you don't get that. Well. They think they're going to stay in power forever. And we all know that this goes back and forth each and every four years or two years, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, hubris or whatever, that I think I'm going to stay in this seat forever or my, my party will stay in this seat of power forever. And therefore, why do I have to think about the inevitable that I won't be in this seat forever? Yeah. yeah. Tim, Ben, thank you so much. We're out of time for today. But thanks for walking us through the overt and pervasive assaults on truth, on democracy, on things that we do need to have faith in for our system to work. And the question in 2024 will be, can the people who do that generate enough chaos, uncertainty, and fear to generate majorities that will serve their power interests? We're seeing now they're trying to change the rules, so we'll take greater majorities to move them out of power. But come back, join us in a couple of weeks. If you like ThinkTech, please take time, go to the website, support us. Thank you for being with us. Aloha and be well, be safe. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.